Let us pray together. Spirit of living God, fall fresh now on these, your servants, who have gathered in this space to worship you and on this preacher. Amen. We are listening to difficult parables that Jesus taught. This morning, our conversation with Jesus brings us to the parable that we call the dishonest steward. And my brothers and sisters, I'm going to tell you, I've never really preached on this passage before in 40 years because this, in many ways, is the most bizarre parable Jesus ever told. And it is taken out of the rough, cutthroat competition of the business world. It reveals how thoroughly Jesus was in touch with life lived in its rawest form and in its fiercest form around him. This is the story of what I call a smooth operator, a devious, dishonest crook who worked for a man who wasn't much better than he is. When the story of this dishonest steward reaches his boss's ears, he commends the steward for his dishonest cleverness, which proves that he was no better than his manager. It is the tale of two crooks taken right out of the world of business, so familiar we could have cast it from the pages of news today. It is the story of a man who was entrusted with the use of another person's money, a familiar account of suspicious speculation, padded expenses accounts, lavish entertainment, juggled bank accounts until the day of reckoning finally comes. When the wasted expenditure of this steward came to light, he was ordered to turn over his books and collect his last paycheck. He is the face, he is faced with the sudden loss of what he had long taken for granted and, and is forced to soberly and seriously consider his future. What this man does and how he reacts makes a point for which Jesus draws a very important lesson for us. When this man faced the end of his stewardship, he began to think, what can I do? He realized he was too lazy to dig. He, he didn't say that. What he said was, I'm not strong enough any longer to dig. He realized he was too proud to beg. He did say that. I'm ashamed to beg was the way he put it, which was nothing but pride. But he was not too proud to steal. So he decided to do a very clever thing. He decides to take advantage of his position as the knowledge handler of his master's goods. And before the news got out that he had been fired, he will put all of his master's creditors into his debt by diminishing their bills considerably with the hope that he will find an open door with one of these people to whom he has done a favor when his own world comes crashing down. It was a very smart thing to do. It was thoroughly dishonest, but it was unquestionably shrewd. 
And Jesus, in telling this story, acknowledges that fact. He says this man was dishonest, but Jesus says this man was also shrewd. And then he says, the sons and daughters of this world are wiser in their own generation than the daughters and sons of light. Folks, that's us. Jesus indicates that this man has something to teach us. He has a cleverness, a shrewdness, a prudence that it would be, do us well to learn. But this story is subject to all kinds of misinterpretation unless we give close attention to the comments of Jesus following the parable. Let me set the stage for this interpretation. You'll agree with me, won't you, that this steward was, tr was a trusted slave who was put in charge of a landowner's estate. He was highly regarded and esteemed and considered to be completely trustworthy. The term steward means custodian, supervisor, or guardian. In the church today, the word steward means anyone who is assigned responsibility within the kingdom of God. That's you and you and me. We are stewards of God's kingdom. In this parable, Jesus says some things about this unjust steward that he says we need to hear. First, he says that the steward was charged with embezzlement, with wasting the Lord's goods. And since he was in charge, there was no one watching over him. So he fell to the temptation to use the Lord's goods for his own personal gain. And some of you are saying, not talking about me today. I never took anything from the church or Jesus. But let me qualify Christ's parable by reminding you and I that it's not just that which we take from God that makes us a thief, but also that which we withhold from God. God has given every person some gifts, life, talent, Houses, property, money, duty, a sense of responsibility, consciousness, family, and a host of other things. Every one of us could be charged by God with embezzlement to some degree. For all of us have withheld something from God, if only on one occasion. The steward was required to prepare a final accounting, and there are two facts that I think we need to make note of here. First, the Lord hears, hears that the steward has been misusing his goods. Notice that the Lord had only heard about the embezzlement. The full evidence against the steward was not fully known. The Lord gave the steward a chance to prove his trust and faithfulness. The accounting did not mean that the steward would be dismissed from the Lord's estate or kingdom of heaven. Only that he must prove his trust and faithfulness. But if the steward had been faithful in looking after the Lord's goods, then he wouldn't be dismissed if he wasn't faithful. How many of you know that we will all face a final accounting one day? And I think this is what Jesus is reminding us of. So Romans says, so then, Every one of us shall give an account 
of themselves to God. And if we are found untrustworthy, we will be dismissed and sent to what Revelations call the lake of fire. Death will take us away from all of our earthly goods. But if our accounting justifies us, as only it can through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, then we shall be granted eternal life. The steward knew he was guilty and he was unwilling to change or ask for mercy. So he considered two courses of action. He could become a field laborer in order to sustain a living or he could beg. But he was too weak to be a laborer and too proud to beg for a living. But there he is, another something that he could have done here. 